What's up, Canes fans? I am your host, Peter Ariz, alongside D-Money with this special edition of the Canes Insight Podcast. D-Money dropping the bank as he does every week exclusively on Canes Insight. And if you have been listening to the show the last few weeks, then last night would not have been a surprise to you. Kevin Riley running back out of Tuscaloosa committing to the Canes. D, welcome to the show. And what do you have for us tonight? Yeah, just got the uh, latest batch of intel here for the bank. Again, like you mentioned, Kevin Riley, huge, huge commit. You can check out the reaction pod to that that you did with Brad Tejeda. Uh, that's on YouTube. That's on the website. That's on uh, any any podcast platform you have. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or your podcast platform so you're getting these reaction pods and, and the latest um, and also sign up to canesinsight.com recruiting forum, 6.3 million posts and counting, the most active, exclusive info you can get uh, on all these recruits. But, yeah, Kevin Riley. And free. And free, biggest biggest point of all. But, yeah, as far as Kevin Riley, this is something we've been talking about, me and you, for feels like two months now. Everybody had always kind of ignored it because he was from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They knew Alabama wanted him. Auburn wanted him. So the thought was how could Miami be in the picture for this guy? Miami's been recruiting him extremely hard. He has been at the absolute top of the priority board. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about Jared Gibson, who's a highly rated guy. Riley is the guy they wanted. Top 100 player, but their internal valuation is even higher than what he's ranked. I mean, he is the guy at running back from their perspective, so they're ecstatic. From their perspective, this is a whale commitment, particularly getting a kid from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, that Alabama wants. 5'11", It'll be 200 plus easily if he's not already tickle back. You see him in his highlights, not just running people over, not just breaking tackles, but also lead blocking on kick returns, just looking to knock people out. Shifty can make guys miss. He can take it to the house. Great vision, great patience, really a complete back. He can catch the ball. So there's nothing about his game that is weak. It's not like he's a big, stiff back fast or a small, shifty back. He's all of the above. And Miami thinks he's a workhorse. NFL type back, complete back, and, and really the top of their board. So, D, last year, as you mentioned in the bank, this was a big time of year for the Kane staff in terms of locking in some big time commitments. Everyone's been waiting for that to happen this time of year. And that Riley news may be a triggering point, right? Uh, because it seems like there was some good progress that was made this weekend with major targets. Yeah, this weekend, there was definitely some progress. Those last weekend, which we talked about, had another podcast, a huge weekend. I think the next 10 days could be interesting. This is around the time when Miami really started heating up last year. Names to watch, it could be maybe closer to a decision. I would say a guy like Aiden Breland, a Dylan Stewart, a Marquise Lightfoot who visits this weekend. David Stone, those are some names I'm watching as potential guys to add to this class that Miami has huge grades on and are huge priorities for the class. So those are some of the names. Next 10 days, I'm not saying like, oh, next 10 days, guys are all going to commit or anything crazy like that. But I could see a flood soon in one direction or the other, hopefully towards Miami. I know Miami feels very good about the communication with all of those guys, including following other visits that they've taken. So at the quarterback position, Judd Anderson has been committed for a while now, and he had an awesome performance last week at Georgia 7-on-7, leading his team to the championship over there. 
But Miami's been pretty open with him from the beginning, right, that they were most likely going to take another quarterback in the class with him. You mentioned Colin Hurley a few episodes ago. And another guy to watch for, according to what you wrote in the bank, Trevor Jackson, someone that you know they're excited to see over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Miami loves Judd Anderson. Again, the intel on that camp he just had, he won the, they won the tournament at that 7-on-7, seven seven, threw the ball beautifully. Power five schools are checking in on him. Judd's solid to Miami. So they love everything they're hearing about him. They love him even more, the more that he's been able to play. But you're talking about Jakari Brown and Emory Williams, and that's it on campus after TVD graduates. So they need numbers there, particularly with a guy like Judd, who may not be a day one type of ready guy. He's more of a, a, of a developmental talent just because he's new to the position, only been playing in a passing offense really for a year. So – I could see Miami going and adding another quarterback. In fact, I expect Miami to add another quarterback. Judd knows that. I'm thinking either high school or portal. In terms of high school, there's intrigue there with Trevor Jackson, Orlando kid. Performed really well at the Elite 11. Big arm. Your guy Bruce Feldman wrote him up. Uncommitted right now. So he's someone Miami's looking at, interested in. It's not like he's uh, he's you know official visiting next weekend, but they like to get eyes on him throwing the ball, could come down and throw on campus, but that's the next step in that process, seeing him throw live to see if he's really a guy they're going to go after. Um, but they're intrigued with what they've heard and seen from him. Looking at the wide receiver position, a lot of uh, things there that are making people on the, mus- the message boards go a little crazy, right? You look at Jeremiah Smith from Chaminade, He's going to be taking an official visit to Miami this weekend. That has Kane's fans very excited. But you don't seem uh, to think that there's going to be much of an update to come after this weekend. He is very much like a Brandon Innes. Brandon Innes, Miami was in it till the end. And if you don't believe that, he was having very long conversations with Miami talking numbers. So to me, that means you're in it with a player especially when it's that close to signing day. The issue was I just think he couldn't get over the way the team performed. He was begging Miami to give him a reason to go there. They didn't. He went to Ohio State. Jeremiah Smith's going to be in the same boat. The money will be there. The interest will certainly be there. But Miami needs to show that they can perform on the field as a passing offense. If they do that, I think this is a recruitment that could turn very quickly. But Miami needs to have a visit. You know, show them around. That's going to happen this weekend, and just sort of lay the groundwork for what would happen down the road with a Jeremiah Smith, the best wide receiver I've seen down here since Andre Johnson. Chance Robinson, wide receiver, committed to Miami out of St. Thomas Aquinas. That thread on Kane's insights getting a little long. D that normally isn't a good sign when it comes to guys and their uh, recruiting sagas, right? But the staff feels like they should be able to solidify things after this weekend. Yeah, we've seen some epic ones. I think Dalvin Cook might have had like five parts to his uh to his thread. It Alex was Collins was pretty bad too, from what I remember. Yeah, I'm looking at Chance Robinson. Jerry so Judy had to have been up there too. That oh that, yeah, that there were like five point versions of that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chance is is right now seventy thousand views, five hundred fifty one replies, twenty eight pages. So that's you know, it's starting. It's to tame, but it's a long long uh, ways to go. Uh, well, it was quiet for a while. He was committed. Now, you know, firmly committed. Now, with the Gator interest, it's, it's picking up. Look, there is real Gator interest there. I think Miami's confident that when they get him on campus this weekend, they're going to lock that in. 
same thing. Miami performs well. That's going to make that a lot a flip less likely. And also, you know, the Gators, they did this last year. They got some commitments. They got some momentum. And ultimately, some of them fell through. They didn't have the NIL money. The team played bad on the field. The staff didn't close. They got their butt whipped by Miami on numerous recruiting battles. I think Miami's going just got to do their thing. And I think the Gators are the type of team you want to recruit against. You want to recruit against the Gators because they're going to fall apart. Their schedule's tough. Their team is horrible. They have a terrible quarterback situation. That's the type of class that can fall apart and get picked apart. Someone like Adarius Hayes, the linebacker who visited Miami last week, kind of quietly, the stud um, out of Largo. Miami would love to land him. He's at the top of the linebacker board. And I think that kind of thing could happen as the Gator class it's high right now, but I think this is probably as high as it's going to get. Maybe they get another guy, and then you're going to start to see the decline, and that's where Miami comes in. Uh, Draylon Miller at the receiver spot. Miami's still in the picture there, as, as you mentioned, Texas A&M and Miami battle. Uh, Corey Duff, another name to keep an eye on at, at kind of that wide receiver tight end position. But can Miami go to the West Coast twice for tight ends in this class? Davon Mitchell, guy that you, you've mentioned that's going to be reclassifying. Do they have a chance with him? Seems like he's coming in for the second time in a short number of weeks. Yeah, let me just go piece by piece on that. Draylon Miller, Port Arthur, Texas. I heard from, you know, I think our expectation here in, in Coral Gables is that that is a Miami-Texas A&M battle. I've heard people that are plugged in say that that's a, the USC is really the team to watch there. I don't know. Um, I think Miami's in the game there, but I'm not expecting Miami to land Draylon Miller, but we'll see. Um, Corey Duff out of New York, uh, Coach Duasso, Team Raw. He's been a stud for them in every single tournament they've played, made a lot of contested catches. I think Miami wants to see him in person and see him run, which should happen uh, this week. Kevin Beard, a huge proponent of Corey Duff's game. You know he's high, has the height, six foot five, again, contests the catch machine. Can he run well enough? He has a bad time on record from an earlier camp, but I've seen a lot of guys that go into the NFL that maybe pop a bad time and then get faster. Shedrick Redwine, Shedrick Redwine had like a four seven seven, I want to say, and ended up running like four four of the combine. You know, so those things happen. They want to see how he can run, and he could be someone that that becomes a, a factor there. But yeah, tight end. Well, you have Caleb been the top target of tight end out of Georgia, Carrollton, Georgia. He's on campus this weekend, but he will not be alone. Uh, Devon Mitchell out of, out of California, Southern California, reclassifying from 2025 to 2024. Most he's someone of my loves, and he's committing in early July. So he's visiting Miami again. He's second unofficial, and he's going to commit. Miami's done a good job in that recruit, but that's a definitely name to watch. Who could be a major factor in this recruiting class joining Elijah Lofton, also from the West Coast and Las Vegas. Who else did you mention? Wanted to hit on there. Kind of went through there at the wide receiver and tight end spot. I think moving on, Justin Scott. There was a crystal ball for him this weekend that people were talking about. Uh, how, how do the Canes stand and look there? Yeah, I wouldn't say that one's imminent or anything like that. There was a hope that you push and get a commitment from him. That, that process might take a little longer. Miami's definitely in the game there. He, he really enjoyed himself on the visit. But, you know, you're pulling him a pretty good distance. So I just think there's some work to do there just from comfortability standpoint, things like that. But uh, Miami's there. Miami's working, and, and uh, he had a good visit. But that's not something I – you know, the hope was he'd be like Kevin Riley and committing, you know, this week. I don't see that with him. 
On the offensive line, a couple developmental names uh, that you've mentioned, Derek Plaz, Moritz Schmoranzer. Obviously, don't know if I'm saying both of these guys' names completely correct, but um, looks like they have some intriguing upside, and we know how Coach Mirabal likes those guys. Yeah, that's what this recruiting class is for offensive line. Last year was the big ticket items. This year's a down year nationally, so so Mirabal. Plus, also you spent all that money last year. You're going to spend a lot of that money on defensive linemen this year, as far as NIL. So they're really focusing on developmental, t- high upside guys. They put some weight on, coach them up, and now they're they're also first round, second round, third round talents. Right. But they're not the guys that you necessarily got them ready made like Samson and Francis. And plus, those guys just aren't even in this class. There's no linemen, the quality of Samson, Okunlula, and Francis Malgo in this class, just on paper. So it's a different route at that position. But you trust Mirabal, Cristobal. These guys know what they're doing there. Derek Plaz out of Jacksonville, six foot six, you know, 270, but he's a leaner t- tackle, but he's going to be a 300 plus pounder pretty quick. He's got a nice, nice frame, not a skinny, uh, you know, overly lanky guy. He'll be, he'll be 300 plus, no problem. Uh, a lot of talent. He was committed to Penn State, ended up decommitting. Now it's going to probably be a Miami-North Carolina State battle. Penn State, you know, you're as an NFL draft guy and an agent. You know, Penn State is the number one tackle this year in the NFL draft. Um, I forgot his name. Uh, the African kid, I think, he's from DC. Um, but he's the number one. He's the number one. Olusan, yeah, yeah. He's the number one offensive tackle in the country from Penn State. They developed him. I think he was a three-star that they developed. Uh, North Carolina State, they had Ick, uh, Icky. What's his last name? Oh, Iquanu. Iquanu. Yeah, Iquanu from uh, North Carolina State was a top 10 pick a couple of years ago at tackle. So both of those programs know what they're doing when it comes to these developmental, highly athletic tackles. And both of them are really hot at this Derek Plaz. Mirabal, another guy who has NFL pedigree as far as guys he's produced. He loves the guy. So that's an intriguing guy. And Miami feels good about where they stand there. But that that the name you mentioned, um, and we got this is an international flavor to these to, to these guys today. Yeah. Uh, Moritz Schmoranzer, um, originally from Germany, now at Roanoke, Virginia. Virginia Tech's in the mix. He visits Pittsburgh this week, kind of more local schools, but he's really a German kid. Love the Miami flavor, the international flavors. Much he said it is much different than other college towns. I heard that sometimes when these guys come on the radar late, you know, Miami saw him late. They didn't see him in spring necessarily. They didn't really have a, the great eye on him. They just liked the films. He was such an athlete. This guy was a German kid, receiver that grew into offensive line, very athletic on tape. But, you know, tape can be deceptive sometimes from a physical standpoint. So they were eager to see him live, came down, said a great-looking kid in person, every bit of 6'5", good dimensions, and great personality. They said this guy's never been a stranger. You know, he's friendly, uh, very positive, and they just liked everything about him. A lot of times these visits, they can go two ways. They can say, we want this guy more than we thought, or you know, we thought we liked this guy, but now we've seen him, been around, and we don't want him. With, right. with Moritz, the arrow's pointing up in terms of interest. Miami likes him. He likes Miami. That's a you know, big visit to Pittsburgh coming up, but that's one to watch as far as a guy they really, really like and has a lot of athletic ability and size. And then probably the the best of the offense linemen we'll mention tonight is Sendre Afua from Seattle. Uh, big-time offensive guard. It's going to be a tough one to to grab him all across the country, but there's a couple guys on the roster in Jaden Wayne and Malagoa who are pushing hard for him. 
Yeah, and look, this guy is is not a layup. I think Miami fans might have assumed he was a layup because he only had one visit scheduled for a long Miami. He's since been to Utah. Um, he's been to Texas A&M. That's a battle. I mean, it's not a slam dunk to Miami. He likes Miami. That's not a slam dunk at all. This visit's going to be huge. He knows Jaden Wayne. Jaden Wayne's from Tacoma, Washington. Afua from Seattle, Washington. I think they train with, this, uh, with the same trainer. So they have a relationship. Malgo, obviously, the Polynesian connection. I believe they're both Samoan. Malgo, originally a West Coast guy, played some played ball in, in California for a while before going to IMG, of course, originally from the island itself. So those guys are going to work hard to try to bring this dude in. He is a, a major target. Miami loves him, but that's that's what the visitors are for. They're going to try to try to convince him that Miami's a spot for him. He came in the spring. Now is the real test. Jalen Hayward at cornerback out of Rockledge. He will be visiting this weekend. He's been committed to Georgia. But as you mentioned, the Canes staff has been working on flipping him for a while. Yeah, top 100 kid. He runs a 10-6 in the 100. A lot of people think he's a safety, but Miami views him as a corner because of his his length and that 10-6 straight line speed. They want that at corner. They have a huge need at corner, as we all know. He's someone that Miami's been linked to for months. Miami's been working on him for months. Great relationship with Coach Adai. And now he's here. Now is now is time to really push and see if you can get him to decommit from the from the Bulldogs. Uh, Miami thinks there's a good chance of that happening. Again, not a sure thing. Georgia still wants him. He's still in the mix there, obviously. But Miami's going to try hard for a, a flip there, try to do what they did with Kevin Riley and, and really make a move this weekend. And then we'll wrap it up with a couple more skill position guys who recently were at Miami camp and really impressed the staff. First guy, Ja'Cory Barney, who I've seen a ton of at Palmetto last year. Obviously, he was on the same field as the Washington brothers. And to me, he was always, you know, the Washington brothers physically and, and athletically would, would stand out. But Ja'Cory Barney, game after game, was making big plays on both sides of the football. And it seems like he's growing on the Miami coaches. Yeah, let me ask you, how big was he when you saw him? Height-wise or because he was skinny. Just in general. He, he, I would say probably about 5'11", um, maybe 160, 165. He needed to put some weight on. Um, but he had the speed right on, on fields where there was a lot of speed. I believe I saw him play against Homestead last year. He made some big plays in that game at Homestead. was loaded. And... He, but but he he was always at, at least in the games that I went to uh, was making big plays in Dade County right and again Robbie Washington was probably still the best player on the team offensively but Barney was playing both sides of the field and I I want to say he had a big interception against Columbus and some of these stocks I may, may be off on but I was going to I went to probably four Palmetto games last year and. He did need to put some weight on, but I, the, the speed was not a concern whatsoever. And they were playing him all over the field. And he was just, again, you go to these high school games. You and I have been going to games forever. And I didn't necessarily know who. I knew he was an underclassman. They were telling me he was someone to, to watch out for. But to me, he was one of the best players, if not the best player on the field. He was he was out there every game. Look, I saw him walking around. That's why I asked because I didn't see him in pads. But he was pretty I'll say tall, but he wasn't short. Lanky. He wasn't like a no, he guy. definitely wasn't short. 
he looked like a guy that with, when he gets some weight on, he's going to be a nice size player. At not a huge receiver, but not a small receiver, not right. like a lot receiver. He's good size, outside guy who can play in the slot, but not a slot by necessity. Um, with him, like you mentioned, versatility. I think he also played a lot of wildcat quarterback as well. Yep. So you're talking about a guy play wildcat. They hand him the ball. He catches the ball. He returns. He plays defense. The versatility, the fact that he has good length, speed, playmaking, and then he went to camp and really showed what he can do. This is a four-star player on the composite, so it's not like he's a nobody. Texas A&M wants him bad. I think Nebraska wants him bad. Those are the teams in the mix with him. But Miami saw him in camp, and they said, wow, this guy's a lot better than we thought, uh, seeing him up close and seeing what he did and some of his just his route running, his, his quickness out of his breaks and the speed. So I think he became a much bigger priority for Miami after seeing him live. Wide receiver, there's a need there. Um, I personally thought they should have taken more last year when you had the Mike Amazes, the Andy Jeans, guys like that. You know, you can't – it's one thing to lose on the Brandon Innes's of the world, but you can't lose on that second class, which guys might end up being the best receiver in the of, of, right. other class. So I think this year they're trying to correct that. A guy like Jakari Bar- Barney, he goes to Texas A&M and ends up being an all-SEC player or goes to Nebraska and is all Big Ten – Everybody's wondering what happened. We've seen that story a million times. I think they're trying to avoid that with a guy like Barney. Similarly, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Romanus Frederic out of St. Thomas Aquinas played Deerfield last year. He's also he's he projects as a corner, whereas Barney projects as a receiver. But similar background in terms of he played everywhere for Deerfield. He played receiver. He played cornerback. He returned a couple of punts to the house. He's a six foot lanky guy. Not like a slot corner. This is a true corner with length, but at the same time, quick enough to return punts. He has some speed. He likes to get his hands on receivers. He has ball skills, again, as a receiver by trade, probably majority receiver. Had some great moments against Hakeem Williams last year, FSU signee, five-star. So this is a guy that Miami's had their eye on, but he came to camp and really showed out. I think he might emerge as a target at wide receiver. So the camps have been hit or miss for Miami over the years. I think with with Coach Golden, he took too many bad guys from the camp and a lot of the real talented future NFL guys, your Forrest Lamps, your Paxton Lynches, your Isaiah McKenzie's, Brandon Powell's, those guys did not come to Miami or we just didn't offer them. So there's a lot of talent at those camps. They just didn't go to Miami. I think with Cristobal, he's hoping for a lower number, higher hit rate with a guy like like Barney and, uh, and Romanus, who I should mention is committed to West Virginia. So that would that would need to be a flip situation, but you know Miami's not worried about that. They're going to pursue the best players in South Florida, and those are two names to really watch. It could emerge as seniors, and Miami's trying to get in ahead of that trend. Well, D, I'll say it for you, so you don't have to remind me. Like and subscribe, like this video, subscribe to the Canes Insight channel, sign up for the website if you aren't on on there already. All of this stuff that we're talking about now is on there, has been on the site for a few hours already before you even are listening to this podcast. So that's where you will get it first. Check out the Canes Insight Shopify for the Canes Insight merch to support us and everything we're doing here. And also just, you know, get fresh with some Canes Insight merchandise. D-Money, anything else you want to add? Underdog Fantasy, sign up, promo code CIS. You get $100 free to play right away. You can jump into you know NBA Draft, Major League Baseball. you got to sp- spice the summer up a little bit playing Underdog Fantasy. It's addictive, daily fantasy drafts, pick-ems on, on, on stats, all kinds of different games you could play. 
all I got to do is use the link in the bio or use promo code CIS, $100, no questions asked, and get right to playing. The bank, the money. Thank you as always. And we will be back next week on the Canes Inside Podcast. Go Canes.